Hello everybody, this is the Adafruit CircuitPython Weekly for July 30th, uh, 2018. <laughs> I'm Scott, I work on CircuitPython on behalf of Adafruit, uh, they, they sponsor me to work on it. Uh, CircuitPython Briefly is a, uh, a version of Python for small embedded microcontrollers that is specifically geared towards teaching making it really easy to learn how to program. So our focus is on getting people who have never programmed in their life uh, programming in an easy and fun way through hardware, uh, which aligns with Adafruit's goal as uh, providing hardware solutions for uh, teaching and making and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, we do this meeting every week at, on Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, everybody's welcome to join. You can uh, join us on our Discord at the URL adafru.it slash discord. Uh, we're in the text chat pretty much all week, but we only do the voice chat uh, here on Mondays. Um, they are recorded and available on our on the Adafruit YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Adafruit. Uh, we will post notes uh, with time codes, so if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, but you want to get an idea of what we talked about, uh, check those notes out and you'll be able to skip around. Uh, the meeting is structured in like four parts. The first part is this general state of circuit Python, which is a brief rundown on some numbers of the health of the project that I'll go over. And then we'll follow that up with hug reports, which is a chance for people to say thank you to others for, um, the work that they've been doing, um, in the circuit Python community. Uh, we do that as a round robin format. So I'll start. Um, giving my hug reports and reading any hug reports from folks who weren't able to make it. And then we'll go down uh, kind of the list of the people in the voice chat uh, for what they want to say. So beware. Um, if you are new to this and you, you just want to listen, uh, just let us know and we'll, we'll skip over you then. Um, we called that lurking. Um, and after, so after hug reports, we'll do status updates as the third thing. Uh, it's structured similarly where we do it as around Robin, uh, but this time we want to hear kind of what you've been working wa working on in the last week, whether it's core circuit Python development work or uh, more broadly some project that you're making with circuit Python. We want to hear about that too, and uh, and then we want also want to hear about kind of what your next steps are. Um, it's really good to get people all on the same page, and it's good for people to give tips and tricks uh, for the things that you want to be doing or you might have gotten stuck on. So. Um, that's really good. <laughs> and then, uh, lastly, we'll follow that up with a kind of discussion in, in the weed section, which is just any big topic that we hit on earlier in the, in the discussion, uh, that we want to cover in more detail. We'll do that in the like discussion slash in the weed section. Um, it's meant to be the longer form, uh, less information dense part of the stuff, uh, but potentially interesting. So, um, that's the structure of the meeting. Uh, again, everybody's welcome. Uh, join us on Discord. And uh, let's jump into the state of CircuitPython. You'll hear me pause. That's just because I'm taking time codes for the notes. And uh, then we'll get going. So uh, state of CircuitPython. Uh, in the last week, we had 11 uh, pull requests merged from five different authors, which is pretty typical for us, which is very strong. Uh, we had four reviewers, um, which is also really good. Uh, more reviewers, the better. And we have six new PRs that are open from six different authors, including some names that I don't recognize, which is even better. Um, Brennan Notro, Brent Rue, Sindresaurus, uh, myself and Dan, all new PRs. That leaves us with 15 open pull requests. Uh, I ran these numbers last night, so they might be slightly out of date. Um, so if you want to help with reviews, which are like the unsung heroes of pull requests, um, check out the list in the notes for that. Uh, issues wise, we had eight closed issues uh, by three people and 10 opened by eight people. So we're definitely uh, issue positive, uh, but that's okay. Um, and we have 132 open issues. Uh, I forgot to mention that these stats are across all of the CircuitPython repos, not just the core repo. So this includes libraries the newsletter, and the awesome CircuitPython page, which is cool. Um, download stats-wise, uh, for 3.0, which is kind of the only release we have right now because it's our stable release, uh, I was surprised to see that we've already broken 2,000 downloads. 
Uh, I believe it's been out for a week or two now. Uh, and so we're, we're definitely getting lots of people downloading it, which is very exciting. Uh, to be precise, the number last night was 2,079 total. So I was surprised to see we had broken that. And I think uh, that's really good. Good job, everybody, for making 3.0 super solid. Um, speaking of that, I think at some point we'll do a 3.01, but I don't know exactly when. Um, and then for 4.0, we're targeting the NRF 52, 840. Um, Tack and Dan and Arturo have been doing really good work with that. Um, and I think we're getting close to doing an uh, an alpha release with that. Uh, Dan, I, I'll scoop. I always scoop Dan's status updates, but he uh, just got the merge in. So we're we're now based our our master branch is now ma- based on uh, MicroPython as of like after their latest release one nine four. Uh, we actually pulled uh, kind of further into their history because there was some stuff that we wanted. So. Uh, Preemptively, Dan, thank you for doing that. And that's a good foundation for our, our alphas as well uh, because we want to get lots of tests on that. Uh, so that is the the overview of State of Circuit Python. Uh, if you want more details, links and stuff, please check the notes. Uh, the script spits out a lot more information than just that. Um, but I'll go on to hug reports at this point um, after I look at what the time code is. Um, so uh, hug reports, uh, I said that earlier, but I'll say it again. Um, there are chances to say thank you to people for the work that they've been doing. Um, and so I'll start and give you an example after I take another time code in case people want to skip around. Um, first and foremost, I, tailing off of what I was just saying, uh, Dan, thank you again for doing the MicroPython merge. Um, we, we've been talking about this kind of in private and it's, it gets harder and harder as as both MicroPython and CircuitPython grow, um, but I think it is really important that we do take the time to do that work. So, um, thank you for doing that for four O, and I'll I'll be the person that I'll do the next one um, since you did this one. Um, Katni, I wanted to say thank you to you for the, your PyOhio stuff. I saw the tweet that Dan was sharing around about how that went, uh, so I'm excited to hear more. But thank you for doing that. Um, I got some glimpses at uh, that the EuroPython folks were around uh, this weekend, which uh, was really, really exciting to see people come in. Um, and I wanted to say, so I think, uh, I don't know much about that. I, I'll let some other people speak to it. Uh, but, but thank you for everybody who came in there. And uh, if people do want, do have events planned, um, they can all, you can always let us know. And like Dan and Katni and I can try to be online and available, even if we're unable to make your your event in person. We could we could totally do that. Um, three more three more hug reports because I thought of lots of stuff. Um, three bits I wanted to thank for doing the testing work that they're doing. They're trying to get Rosie set up. They were, we were talking about USB hubs over the weekend, um, but really trying to make our testing more solid. In particular, um, making it more solid for devices themselves. Uh, I wanted to say thank you for ha- to Happy Day for all the work that uh, she's been doing on sleep, uh, really experimenting and trying to to figure out how to get sleep working in CircuitPython. Um, it is not easy, and it's good to have somebody who's taking the time to learn all that. And then lastly, uh, Makdam, who's in the voice chat, uh, did it, uh, their first PR this week or, or this weekend that I pulled last night. So I really appreciate that as well. So thank you for your pr- first PR. Um, and with that, we'll start circling around. Um, Brennan, do you have hug reports? Hey, first of all, can you hear me? Yes. Cool. This is the first time I've actually tried to use Discord uh, voice chat. Sounds good. I guess uh, some folks have reviewed a couple of pull requests for me lately and I am at the moment blanking on names, but I do appreciate that effort. Cool. That's about all I've got. Awesome. Thank you. Um, all right, Carter. Uh, group hug this week. Group hug. All right. Uh, C. Grover. No mic this week. Okay. I'll read it out. Um, group hug to the team. Uh, special thanks to Katni for her exceptional rotary encoder guide. 
Found it just in time for a project that was stalled looking for just the right input device. Clear, concise, and easy to read. Oh, and to the HVAC tech who arrived just in time to replace the outside compressor before the worst of the heat wave. Not only dressed every wire with cable ties, he also took the time to teach me how to remove and recharge the refrigerant at no extra cost. Free training. Awesome. It's good to stay cool in the heat. It's been hot here in Seattle, too. Um, I've been going to like the tea shop to get away from it. Um, okay, Dan. So um, I just echo your exhaustive list of hugs. <laughs> and also, uh, thanks to Jerry, who tested, um, did some really significant testing on the um, ESP8266 and RF um, builds from the merge that I did and basically found nothing major at the moment that most of the existing functionality seems to work. So that was, that felt, made me feel a lot better about the merge. <laughs> okay. So I'll just say that for now. Okay. Cool. Thanks, Dan. All right, Jerry. Um, yeah, where'd my list go? Um, yeah, well, again, and, yeah, thanks. Congratulations to Dan for that epic merge. That was quite a, quite a, quite a slog, I'm sure. Uh, and, and special thanks to uh, Hatach um, for uh, taking time to walk me through and, and clarify a lot of misunderstandings I had about the, the way the bootloader works on the NR52. I had a, a great conversation with him the other morning. I, I learned a lot from and I got to play with things a lot more after that. And uh, yeah, congratulations, Katni, on the, on the Pine, Ohio. Awesome. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, Katni. Yeah. So um, I want to, first of all, thank Phil and Adafruit for sponsoring my tutorial. They provided Circuit Playground Expresses for me and for everybody who was uh, attending my tutorial. Uh, I want to thank uh, my friends Craig Maloney and Waldo for helping out during the tutorial. Um, I want to thank uh, Roy, Phil M, Dan, and Scott for a lot of support leading up to the conference. Um, public speaking is super stressful for me, so it was uh, super helpful to have that. And um, a hug to the community for being amazing. I'm really excited about the new people that are going to be joining. And I'm really excited about the fact that I know that they're going to have a great experience. So thanks, everybody, for being great. Yay. All right. Uh, speaking of new people, Mokdam. Hi. So first of all, I wanted to thank the people who organized the EuroPython Sprint this weekend. So. Uh, as you could have seen, some people came into the Discord mm -hmm. and nagged you with questions. Mm -hmm. uh, also, I'd like to thank Jerry and Dan for helping me out with my first commit to Circuit Python. And also, also thank you for reviewing it because, yeah, reviewing happy. is hard work. Happy to. Happy to get more people coming in and welcome. I'm uh, super happy that, that Radimir did that. and. We'll be excited to thank him on the chat later. Uh, all right, uh, Mike's looking, so Nis, you're next. <laughs> I knew he was going to sandbag me. Hi, uh, <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, you sound good. Uh, good, thanks. Um, so do you. Thank you. Uh, hug to Jerry for um, a couple of different things, um, I, especially the... Um, in my head, but I can't say it in English. The A0A182 SPI thing with Circuit Playground Express, mm -hmm. and um, especially to Dan this week for pointing the Atmel start out to Happy Day. So mm -hmm. I kind of benefited from that quite a bit. I put in about 20 hours into it since he mentioned mm -hmm. it. And uh, that's going to be part of my progress report later. Cool. Thanks for the preview. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Roy. Just a group to everybody. Okay. Quite good to be back. Yeah, you were on vacation, right? Vacation, then stupidly busy before that. Ah, yeah, yeah. Well, glad to have you back. Um, okay, that was uh, a round of hug reports. Thank you, everybody. Uh, now we'll do status updates. I'll take another time code so that. People can hear me explain it. Uh, uh, status updates. We do a similar format. We'll ever do around Robin. We want to talk about the things that we've been working on and the things that we plan on working on. 
so that everybody can be aware of it and also get tips and tricks about uh, ways to do the stuff that we're working on. Um, and I will start after I take another time code. Um, I'm working on kind of two things in parallel. Uh, the first is I did the PR for the flexible memory allocation stuff, which will grow the heap sizes a bit, allow us to change the sack size, and uh, give us the ability later on to change the main file that we run and to change the USB descriptors we run with. Uh, I got the pull request out and then promptly discovered it. we didn't have enough code space um, to actually fit it. So uh, I started working on compressing all of the strings in the binary. Um, and then there was some conversations at the same time about doing internationalization. So um, all of our like error text and the like control or like CircuitPython flow text will all be translatable. Um, so I, I got the PR out for the memory changes. My, and then I've started working on doing internationalization and string compression um, to get uh, more space in the in, into our code. Tentative like compression stats. I think I can get like two or three k back, um, which is pretty significant, especially for those small builds. Um, but in the meantime, Dan's done the merge, and the merge actually gives us some space back as well. So uh, my plan going forwards this week is to try to get the memory changes in before the string stuff, because the memory stuff should be able to fit with after the merge because of Dan. I'm I'm hoping. Um, because I, I just don't want to have to do those two giant changes together. And then um, I'll follow up with the internationalization stuff because internationalization can take a while to get the translations in. So um, I'm looking forward to, to getting that done and in there. Um, I could talk more later about the string compression if people are interested. And then once those two things are done and in, uh, I'm going to be working on graphics and rendering stuff, probably based on, on the work that Radomir has done with the stage stuff. Uh, but there's been more desire to support shape drawing and and uh, more fancy text stuff. Um, so instead of the frame buff module that's in MicroPython currently. So uh, that will be next after the other stuff. And that's me. Uh, Brennan, how, how about you? So um done a bit of stuff lately with getting some libs um pi pi or pi pi what do we say i think i do both <laughs> i've uh, pronounce it pi pi as in the anyway pie oh yeah the people who actually work on it yeah all right yeah so i've done some of that lately um i am kind of turning over that work to katney i think um and going to just be doing a slew of testing of these libraries on like the raspberry pi 3 and doing some documentation stuff okay for using those things so you'll pipeline it cat will get it in pip pi pi and you'll make sure it all works oh i think i just lost you, you hear me now i can hear you yeah yeah that's correct all right, thanks, Brennan. Um, Carter? Uh, nothing much new to report in terms of CircuitPython stuff. I got a guide out last week that had some CircuitPython code in it, though. Yay, what so, guide? Uh, it was uh, Treasure Hunt. Treasure. So kind of a cute little idea where they uh, uses the IR. You send out a unique code, and you have another one that's programmed as a hunter to go find all the hidden hmm. things that are sending out IR codes. So more of a user last week than a, than a developer. Right, but that's just as good. Yep, yep. So writing some cool examples of CircuitPython. And and it worked all out okay? Everything was good? It, it seemed to. You know, it's it worked for me in my little demo, so we'll get it out there and see if as people use it, you know, they can feedback like, oh, you know, it's kind of with our class of thirty kids, some fun behaviors started emerging, et cetera. Huh. Cool. That sounds really we'll interesting. It's live and out there to play with. Awesome. That's cool. Thank you for letting us know about that. And yep. if, if you want to drop a link, please do. Drop a link in the chat, and we'll get it in the notes. Um, okay, Seagrover just posted, and I'll read it off. Seagrover says, um, 
put software development on hold again this week in order to complete a redesign of the Crunchable synth PCB platform due to some mechanical issues with the TS and the TRS jacks. It's tough to find vertical PCB-mounted TS and TRS jacks with the same height dimension. Alas, using the experience to continue to fine-tune my KiCad skills, uh, led an SMD hot air soldering rework workshop at the local makerspace last week, was surprised to see the interest level. Although all all attendees had hand-soldered SMD components in their projects, none had made the next step to hot air soldering. Lots of oohs and ahs when the solder face flashed and components aligned themselves. Uh, This week's work will be sponsored by CircuitPython and (laughs) Ancestry.com. The synth code and associated library should be done by Thursday. Need to put on blinders after that and wrap up the Ancestor search so that I can stop paying the subscription fee. I now know where we come from and was able to dispel a couple of fantastic stretch stories that usually make the rounds and are amplified during the family reunion. (laughs) Um... And that Crunchable synth module looks really interesting. I don't know if you were in here when I was talking about the PSS 140, but I want to do some cool circuit bendy stuff with it, which should be exciting. I want to get into audio, but I think the graphics stuff is going to supplant it briefly. Uh, But we'll get there. Um, Okay, Uh, Dan. So, uh, yes, this merge, I finished this merge, which took like almost three weeks, I think. And not continuously, but um, and I've also been uh, I fixed some Windows drivers issues. We're trying to fix a new issue, which may have started because of the a new update to Windows that um, on Windows 10, if you install Arduino, it installs a version of the drivers that you can no longer see the boot drive when you double click, which mm-hmm. is kind of bad. Right. Just for just for Circuit Playground Express. Um, so I think I have a fix for that, uh, and I'm just starting to work on the NRF uh, 52 stuff, mostly trying to understand what's going on. And there's a couple of outstanding bugs, uh, in particular the long-lived dictionary mm. issue, where you if you define a class in between something, it sort of screws things up. We really need to fix that. I think so. Yeah, I think that was just like don't don't long live the global dictionary. Probably, or don't or long live don't long live what's inside it, just right. itself or something. I don't know. We can talk about that. But yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, Dan. Uh, Dakota, we're doing a status update, so I'll let, I'll run down the rest of the list and get back to you if you want to do it. Um, so, Jerry. Um, yeah, it seems like the week flew by. I'm quite sure what I did, but um, um, some not a lot of not non-circuit Python stuff. A lot of Raspberry Pi stuff, and uh, finally got my my Ubuntu system upgraded to 18.04, which you can now do, uh, you know, um, direct, you know, from you can do a direct migration from 16.04 to 18.04 yeah. without having to start from scratch, which is nice. And it, and it worked; nothing broke. That's good. Um, had a bunch of time to uh, played a lot with the NRF 52 stuff, especially after again you know, coaching by uh, by uh, attach, um, mm-hmm. and and then doing the the other just trying to keep up with and testing the the new versions, the new merge stuff. Um, I also uh, managed to get a hold of one of the little Esperino boards hmm. and having a blast with that. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I've been intending and trying to learn a little bit about JavaScript, and it's it's a it's a cute little device. I was gonna yeah, say, what what do you like about it? What do they do well? Oh, well, just the interface, you know, to be able to, again, it comes up with a nice little REPL and you can just start typing code into it and, uh, and it does stuff. You can, you can blink an LED and about three lines, one line of code. Hmm. So it's, it's just, you know, that part's fun. The, uh, the Bluetooth, it's all done via, via a BLE interface. So it's, really, it's, it's just kind of fun. Yeah. You, um, once the board, you just put power into it and then, uh, bring up a, a little, little, um, web device, uh, screen. With a connector via Bluetooth and hmm. you're up and running. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I was surprised how much fun fun it was. Looks like it'll be nice. Um, and then uh, if you do, if anyone watching the the chat this morning, I I've been struggling all morning with this new TFT display. The the new little um, 
mm-hmm. over and and uh, I'm just thoroughly confused. So if anybody has any any pointers or point me in any direction for getting any information about how to make this thing work, I'd appreciate it. That's the one with the uh, joystick next to it. Yeah, I, I did. Just, I can't. I, I'm I'm obviously just doing something completely wrong. But it looks like the the the, the guide information and there isn't a guide yet, and there doesn't seem to be any specific driver for it. So maybe it's just too early. Yeah, we should figure that out. I I picked one up myself, so I have one of those as as well. And I'll definitely be getting to the graphics stuff shortly, and I want to support that. So uh, okay, we'll, so we'll get it sorted out. That's fine. Now, and like I said, so that might, I guess maybe that's the lesson learned. It's just it's just not quite there yet. So that's fine. I'll I can set it. I got plenty of other things to play with. Yeah, it's um, it just uh like Dean does Dean does some of that stuff, and he he does the Arduino side, but sometimes the Circuit Python side falls behind it a little bit. Yeah, looks like a really cool board, and uh, at least you know got the uh, got the, uh, the seesaw to talk to it, and not quite <laughs> successfully, mm-hmm. but it talked to it. So it's cool. Looks like fun. We'll figure it out. We'll get it going. Yeah, um, do you have any update on the TMP 007? I think is what it is. Oh no, I mean I should, but it, it's it's sitting there and it's working. It's again, it, it just got to find time to kind of push it into into a into a releasable form. So uh, I can try and prioritize that this week. Okay. I just, every every week I see that come up. and If it's working, yeah. it's good enough, Jerry. We can okay. release it as beta. Uh, it's fine. All right. I'll push something out. And um, you, know, you can comment on it when I get the PR in. So. Yeah, per- perfect. And then like other people can help polish it up as well. Okay. Um, early and often, Jerry. Early and often. <laughs> right. Thanks. Okay, um, okay Katni. So last week, uh, finished up a couple of guides with IR um, and currently working a guide uh, for a zombie game using Circuit Playground Express, Circuit Python, and Infrared. Um, we are troubleshooting the make code version of that right now because I keep finding a problem that we can't seem to replicate, but I can replicate it every time. Hmm. So we're trying to sort that out. Um, this weekend, I found a bug in the motor code i was using the library um the, the error is not in the featherwing library it's hmm. somewhere deeper hmm. there's some something needs uh like a like a frequency setter or something to that effect carter was looking into it hmm. um after i found it so we should probably um fix that up because i know we're doing a lot of stuff with you know motors and robotics and all that kind of thing so yep. um is there an was issue for it to... not yet because i didn't know where to file it because i wasn't sure where the issue was okay um so we can talk about yeah we can talk about that um when we get in the weeds um and uh the next thing i'm picking up is going to be um getting the rest of the libraries into pypi um, and this past weekend, uh, I did a tutorial at Pi Ohio, which is a Python conference um, in Ohio. It's annual. Um, it went really well, I think. Everybody seemed really excited. Um, I did it using Circuit Playground Express and the CPX lib. Um, and um, I think it, I think it went really well. People seemed really receptive. There were um, a lot of, uh, you know, when you type in one line of code and some amazing thing happens, a lot of oohs and ahs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which is always a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, there was video. However, there are sound issues. So I'm not sure that the video is going to end up being published or be all that useful. Um, but we'll see uh, what they say mm-hmm. um, once they get a chance to actually look at it um, and review it. I don't know if they have another audio track or not. Hmm. So we'll see whether that ends up published. Um, but, uh, we had, um, those, our little circuit Python cards went into all the swag bags. Um, so a lot of people, uh, hopefully will uh, get some circuit Python interests and we'll see mm-hmm. what happens. I already had a bunch of people come up to me who didn't get to make it to the tutorial, who were asking questions about different things they could do with circuit Python. And a few people already bought circuit playground expresses <laughs> cool. um, to be able to go back and do it, uh, at a later date. So. That's awesome. Anyway, yeah, that's me. Cool. Thanks, Katni. And uh, as always, thank you for helping me with the notes. And some other folks have been putting their notes in as well. So thank you all. Yes. Thanks, everybody. Um, if you don't know, I 
I've been having trouble typing with my hands being a little like unhappy with me. So any help typing stuff into the notes doc is, is uh, very welcome. So thank you for that. Um, okay. Makdan. Okay. I don't have much uh, when it comes to a status report. I spent the last week on Europython, so it was fun. Um, I guess there are already streams uploaded, but not cut up into talks. So mm. if you're interested, yeah, you'll have to find the talk you want to watch in the mm -hmm. daily stream. Okay. And you were saying there was a meetup that the that Shapu ran? Well, there were uh, there was an open space meeting about gaming with Dan Pope, the Shippo, and other people who made games. Okay. There was uh, uh, another open space organized by Radomir about uh, education and Circuit Python, Micro Python, you know, embedded Python in general. Right. And there was a sprint during the weekend. So the idea is to introduce new people to a project community and mm -hmm. how the process works when it comes to committing stuff mm -hmm. and was that was that for circuit python or MicroPython or what so it was for circuit python uh and you know uh the shippus uh boards in general yep. so some people wrote games in python and it was fun for the micro game yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. cool uh we're we're gonna be doing more more gaming stuff so it's i'm really curious to see how that went and get your impressions on it um so thanks for the report and welcome happy to have you uh okay thanks mike is lurking so we'll go to nis got a lot to queue up here um okay there we go i'm working on uh uh atmel start samd 51 i did very well with it with the samd 21 but i'm having a little gpio toggling issue on the SAM D51. Hmm. I'm using the origin of 0x4000, which I believe is correct, but I haven't verified that. Yeah, if you if you have our bootloader. Um, I based my linker script off the one that was in the Seesaw for the Cricket, which is a SAM D21, and uh, that used uh, the 2000 address. Right. So I think 4,000 4, appears to be working, but I can't, I'm so primitive I can't test it properly because GPIO, GPIO doesn't seem to toggle. Did you um, load the bootloader as well? Uh, through the Arduino IDE. IDE. Okay, so, so your board will have the bootloader on it already. Yeah, it's validated. I've even okay. run a pretty sophisticated program, it's the Feather M4 Express. Okay, okay. And I think I've got the right MCU, the J19A. Yeah. Yeah, that looks right to me. So it's a little bit of a puzzle because the Atmel Start worked just fine with the SAM D21. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, the few problems I needed to solve, I, I was able to solve on that platform. But as soon as I went to the 51, haven't really, I guess you could call it progress because when I first started uh, with a wrong origin address, it returns to the bootloader with the steady green and the blinking red, you know, right. When right, you, right. When you double click yep. and it, it no longer does that. So I think I've got the origin correct at 4,000 there. Yeah. So you're getting into your code a little bit, but then maybe you're crashing. Um, I'm not sure so much crashing is maybe not executing. I, I really don't know what's going on. Yeah. Anyway, I put in a, a GitHub link so people can take a look okay. at what I'm doing. Yeah. When I, usually when I get to that point, that's when I'll use a GDB and a J link to figure out where the code's ending up. Yeah. I don't have any experience with a GDB, but I thought of that last night. That's probably what I should be doing. Yeah. I think my guide that I did a while back for the 21, it's the same process for the 51. Uh, um, so you uh, how do you hook that up electrically? You got to use the the Seger. Yeah, yeah. There's no uh, for the M. It's not like the zero where you can use the uh, the programmer's port. Right. It's not like the Arduino Zero that has it built in. You need like the EDU J Link or the regular J Link, um, or the Blackmagic Probe doesn't support the 51 yet. Okay. Okay. Oh, by the way, I um. I did get the UART working on the CMD51, talking to the uh, 
the Pi UART, which is a mm -hmm. uh, CP2104. Mm -hmm. And I decided to go with that because I think tackling USB uh, on bare metal is going to be a little bit over, way over my head. It's tough, yeah. Definitely tough. Um, it's doable, though. You can figure it out. Okay. Um, All right. Cool. Well, keep it up, and uh, feel free to ask more questions about it. Happy to help debug. Oh, and all this was stimulated by Happy Day's wish to uh, get the low power thing going. That's what got me interested in the bare metal stuff again. Cool. Yeah, I bare metal is super fun. I enjoy it a lot. It's very rewarding. I'm learning a lot. So anyway, thank you. I'm taking up too much time here. Cool. Well, thank you a lot. Um, You're welcome. Okay, Roy. Nothing much to update. Just catching up with what's been going on over the past few weeks. And hoping to hop back into working on the stuff for LEDs. Sweet. Yeah, happy to see that move forward. And uh, thinking about it in terms of the rendering stuff I'm thinking about as well. So thank you, Roy. Um, Dakota, do you have uh, status updates or hug reports to do? I know you jumped in late. Uh, just a big hug report for the community in general. I'm basically just a noob lurking at this point, uh, hoping to become a useful member of the community at some point down the road once I kind of know a little bit more about what's going on. Yay, welcome. Uh, thank you for joining the meeting. Happy to have you. Um, I know you came in late, so we, we kind of do three sections. We do Stata Circuit Python. We do Hug Reports, which you just did, and Status Updates which you did as well. So now we'll do uh, the last section, which is we called kind of discussion slash in the weeds. And I will take a time code. Yeah, I'm happy to just be a fly on the wall so you don't have to do anything special to take care of me. Thanks. No worries. I just want to make sure you know what's going on. I don't know if you've listened to prior meetings or whatever. So just letting you know. Um, Okay, so this is the last section, as I said, uh, discussion slash in the weeds, uh, where we just talk about any kind of longer longer form stuff that we want to discuss and make, maybe make decisions on. Um, the first one that came up was uh, Katni and Carter's uh, motorboat. So do you want to talk about that? Sure, Kat, you want to start and say what happened? Yeah, sure. So... Um... I have a, a friend who is trying to uh, automate a chicken coop hmm. and wants to use a stepper motor to um, open and close the door. And so we, we got them hooked up with uh, one of the Adafruit, um, the, the feather wings, the motor, the stepper motor feather wing. Um, and I expected to be able to obviously in, you know, four lines of code, make that go, um, using the Featherwing library and what failed was it said, what did it say? It said there was no, nothing for frequency, like PWM doesn't have frequency. Hmm. So I dug a little deeper and it was failing on line 77 and 78 of the stepper motor library itself. Mm -hmm. Um, and in looking at it, it looks like we may have updated the um, API to require that you set needing a frequency to true um, to be able to include a frequency or something like that. Um, hmm. Either way, that's what I, that's as far as I got it figured out. And I, I didn't have the hardware in front of me anymore to be able to try anything. Um, this mm -hmm. is where Carter picked it up. Hmm. Right. And um... I guess I can give you the short answer or the long answer because there's a lot of layers in terms of what's going on. We're in the weeds, so the long answer is fine. Okay, so I've got about four different GitHub tabs open here. <laughs> so this is an example. Let's start here of how one of the you know the featherwing kind of I guess maybe it's doing lazy or static. I can't really haven't really scrolled through this stuff to see, but that's an example of one of the possible four steppers. Right. That, the rest are just similar boilerplate. Yep. So you can see it's passing in four PCA channels. Yep. So that's coming off the uh, the PCA. So now if you look in stepper motor, stepper motor, these are the lines where it was actually failing once it gets passed in in the initializer for the stepper, stepper, stepper motor, stepper motor. 
So it's doing, it's basically trying to do a setter on the frequency uh -huh. of, of that coil. And if you scroll up a couple of lines from there, you can see coil is nothing but just a tuple of what got passed in in terms of the PWM channels. Right. So you're going to be calling dot frequency on one of those PCA channels. So then you got to go over to the PCA library. <laughs> and here is where it creates its channels. And then a PCA channels is nothing. And the if you go to that last link and scroll up, you'll see the classes for PCA channels and PWM channel. So PCA right. channels is nothing but several PWM channels. And now if you look in the PWM channel class, there is no setter for frequency. There's only an app property. Right. So that line 78 is trying to call the setter of PWM channel, and there isn't one. And this is for the Featherwing? This is how I found it. Yeah, and this is my because, drilling through it, too. Yeah. Right, yeah. Because the Featherwing, that, that's a wrapper library, if you recall, that you, yep, you actually yep, wrote yep, the yep. code for that. Yep. And I don't think that is the problem. That's why I didn't file the issue on that. Um, it it just it calls all of this stuff in the background, but you do right. import stepper. And that's how the cascade failure like started. That that's where I found it. So my right. I believe the issue possibly in the PCA library with the lack of a frequency setter. Right. Yeah. You, you know, but that's a blaring omission that maybe this is why it's good to have this discussion here. Like, no, there was a reason we the, did that because you have a, you know, it's designed in a certain way. Well, the thing is, is that it's, um, the reason it, it's like that is that the frequency can't vary across the channels, right? Like, like the frequency is shared across all of the PC, PWM channels of the PCA chip. Uh-huh. So yeah. the question is then like, uh, like the stepper motor library doesn't change the frequency. It changes duty cycle when it's actually doing the stepping. So perhaps set a safe PWM frequency for each output. That seems not like a comment I would write. Did I write that? <laughs> Can I ask a stupid question? Yes, uh, please. My, my sometimes a stupid question is the answer. Um, isn't the the frequency of the stepper motors kind of a given going in? Um, the frequency of the stepper motors, in terms of like it doesn't change at all. You just set it once. Yeah, it, don't you normally like set that up and then just vary the pulse width to to get your uh, yeah, speed or whatever. Yeah, I think so. I think it looks like that's what the library is doing. Um, so when this is looking for the the frequency, shouldn't that have already been set? Some because I I noticed uh, like when he's coming in uh, at the one place uh, in the the definite section, uh, just a few lines down, there's a frequency setter mod uh, module that uh, should have already probably been called by something prior. Right. It looks like in the code that line was altered a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> so there may have been a, something. Yeah, yeah, it looks like Dean added it. Wasn't it. By you. <laughs> yeah. So is there a... There's no pull request. And I couldn't get it... Um, I couldn't get it to work without the wrapper library either. Like I like I try, I found yeah I think the, the raw code and I couldn't get it so that's why I didn't think it was in the library but I didn't know where to file the issue. I think it's on motor. Oh wait, okay. who approved it? <laughs> Dan approved it. <laughs> so it was pull requested, which is good. So, so I think if I remember right, it was. The default was like fifty or something. Right. I mean, it was for seesaw. Right. So the problem was that it's too low. It's a too low level to know that it's. 
Well, no, I think you're right. Like, I would just, that needs to be moved up a library, right? Like, the Featherwing library could make sure that the PCA is at 2000 frequency before it passes the individual channels in. And whatever Seesaw one that he's talking about could also do the same. So you could say, so take it out of stepper motor. Yeah. Do, do it earlier. But people might call stepper motor themselves. So. Right. I mean, it's not the end of the world if their frequency is different. It's just less right. than ideal. But it is pretty, like, the frequency you run the PWM at for steppers, I think, is pretty, oh, sorry, <laughs> just hit the mic, uh, pretty arbitrary, I think. Because right, it's just, it just should be a lot higher, higher than 50 or something, I think. That's, yeah. What did, um, what did you say, Dakota? Because you can do micro-stepping or something, right, to get finer resolution, isn't that how it works? Again, yes. my knowledge here is just minimal enough to be dangerous yeah i think the micro stepping is just like varying the duty cycles to try to like get it magnetized in between right i think it's more like it might overheat or something there's <laughs> yeah. some right what the definition of safe is and i don't remember what it sure is. yeah uh all right maybe dean and i have to have a discussion about this yeah or something. the so. the the misunderstanding is that um, the PCA doesn't assume that you can set the frequency on a per-channel basis, whereas the code that Dean added does. It assumes that you can set frequency on a per-channel basis. Right. Well, it could. It could check whether the frequency is already 2,000. Yes. Like, and then only try to change it if it's... And then... I'd rather just throw an exception. Yeah, yeah, that like, makes that makes more sense. So maybe I'll try to put in something like that. Yeah, I think okay. it's I think it's fair for the stepper motor to be like, like read the frequency of every channel and be like warning, like or just right. explicitly right. say like you yeah. set it to two thousand before you give it to this. Yeah, yeah. Or like you said, Scott, the the frequency set at the the whole PCA level. There's really no there is really no per channel frequency right well well like you there is a per channel frequency in terms of like you can read it like you can read it kind of from the perspective of every channel but you can't set it individually so like the stepper motor can validate that everyone every channel it's given is running at what it would expect but it doesn't know how to change it All right, cool. Well, um, I think we got to the bottom of that and we have a plan to fix it. Right, there's an issue? All right, I can't. No, where do you want me to file it? Yeah, exactly. This discussion was about where where to point the finger. And... File, file the issue on motor. Yes, I agree. Okay. Cool. Because that's where the change was too. So I would refer to PR7 as well. Okay. Katni, you're on that? Yep. Okay, excellent. Sweet. All right, good job, everybody. We'll get it sorted out. That's the tricky. That's the tricky part of the way that Python works, of like the duct typing, where you just like, if the thing I'm given has these properties and I can do that, then it will work. But there's no like formal way to say what those expectations are. So, these are the types of bugs you get as a result of that. Yeah, so Carter, you can just you can just say like. And we think it should just check and complain or something as opposed to try to set. Or it could try to set, it could check if it's wrong, it could try to change it. If it then if it can't change it, then it will throw an exception. That's probably the, the the most friendly thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I leave it up to the person who actually fixes it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Um, okay. Are, are there, is, are there any other topics people want to chat about? Always crickets. Um, 
Sure, I'll, I'll ask a quick question. Okay. It's kind of re it's related to what we just talked. It kind of made me re-remember that there's a whole repo uh, called CircuitPython underscore Featherwing. Yep. And it looks like it not much has been happening to it in quite a while. Mm -hmm. And the idea of it was to have you know kind of it, from my correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it looks like the idea was to have kind of like CPX kind of similar helper libraries for all the Featherwings. Yep. Yeah. So you kind of could wrap things up, which is a cool idea. Is that still something that we kind of want to pursue and keep moving on because i know a lot of times we do things with cpx where we kind of go ahead and not bring it in because it is kind of a big chunk to bring in well in this case it loads them separately it's not loading everything at once because you're calling you know the individual wing right separately so it's not quite as big as the cpx stuff and i think we did want to pursue it it was something i was working on but i was you know things were prioritized so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. I just, I, I was kind of like, have... oh, this, this looks like some fun stuff to maybe when I find some free time to start contributing. I just want to make sure it I... wasn't an idea that kind of has fallen by the wayside and wasn't really. Gonna no, it just, it just wasn't a priority. I have a lot of stuff done on the dot star feather wing, but other than that, um, we didn't get any further with it. I really, cool. I really so... like that structure. I think it's worked out well for us. Oh yeah. Um, and the, the, the new Featherwing that Jerry was just talking about is a perfect candidate for it as well. Right, exactly. The other thing is there's, you know, several dot pies in there, but there's also a lot of Featherwings that haven't even, doesn't mm -hmm. look like they've even had an entry started yet. Yep. Correct. Yeah, I think it would be awesome to, to get work on that. Okay, so that isn't something that's been, like, tossed by the wayside. It's still a desire no. to have that yep. repo. I think... Absolutely. Um, I think Katni's kind of taking the lead on the libraries and Dan and I are somewhat trying to ignore them uh, <laughs> and focus on the core work. So any, any help yeah, on definitely. libraries and library reviews as you've already been doing is, is super helpful and very welcome. It's just a matter of like figuring out where our priorities lie and what our time is best spent doing. Right. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Scott, on the topic of reviews, you said, you know, you're asking for more review help. I sort of, you know, um, you know, are you, you know, do you want individuals just to, you know, to, to go and review, make comments? You know, how far should should a, uh, we go in that sense? In other words, make comments in them. Do you want, you know, if we think it's okay, should we go ahead and merge them? Yeah. You know, what, what level of, of, you know, <laughs> of trust do you have in <laughs> um... the people? I have a lot of trust in people. I think um, I think the most important thing with reviews is just getting eyeballs and getting that workflow going. Um, and it's also important if you want to reinforce that workflow to have quick response. So um, I don't expect reviews to be perfect because just like code, they'll never be perfect. Um, and so I'd rather just get more people on board and, and make sure that we're responsive more than whether we're like perfect and super thorough on it. Um, okay, oh, that's good. I, I've been shying away from it, but I'll try and try and get more active on that side. No, I mean, Jerry, like there's been a number of times where you've chimed in and said, yeah, I tested this and it works. And I just, I just hit merge. <laughs> well, like, I guess the question is, is are you comfortable if I test it and it works, you know, should I hit merge? Yeah, um, yeah, please. Yeah. Okay, that that was where I, that's the step I, I've been reluctant to take, but to start doing more. Of. Yeah, I think and, and feel free to do releases as you feel fit, um, as well because once it's merged, it's not necessarily released. Um, the one thing that kind of bug bugs me sometimes is we don't always write good release notes. So I would just say if you want to do releases, like there's this kind of standard um, format that I've tried to tried to push where we say like here's the changes. Here's how you install it, and here's um, where you can find the documentation. Like we we should realize that sometimes people will look at release notes really early on when they find a library, um, and so we need to make sure that there's some like baseline quality to the release notes when we do a release. Yeah, um, I, I discovered accidentally when you cut and paste one release to another, it it cuts and pastes the links, even though they're they're, they're generic. It says here, here here from one 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 release doesn't work for another release <laughs> mm -hmm. so you have to actually go and read them <laughs> yeah you do but 
but usually what yeah usually what i'll do is i'll just edit the previous release if if the person who did the last release was good i'll just edit that copy it and then start from there for the next release notes um good all right thanks uh, but yeah um, please feel free to merge feel free to release um you know just like everything we'll just try to blaze through it like if bugs come up we'll just fix them and we'll release them it's it's not a big deal um it's more important that we build that culture of like everybody who finds that issue can submit a pull request and get it reviewed quickly and, and released quickly. Um, that's far more important than catching the, the bug the first time. Right. Okay. Simply yeah. because you can't catch them all the first time. It's better to be responsive to bugs than think of it. You're going to be perfect <laughs> finding them the first time. Move fast and break things. Yep. Okay. And cool. fix things fast too. That was early on when you started joining with CircuitPython. I, I felt bad because you were constantly finding my bugs, but you know, I, I figured it was okay as long as I would fix them quickly. No, I, I, that, that's been, been great. And uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not afraid to break things. Sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, and that goes for everybody else too. If you want to do reviews, like reviews are a great way to start. Um, I'm totally happy. Even if you don't have commit rights, if you just chime into a review that's outstanding that nobody's looked at and say, hey, I tested this and I looked at the code and it seems reasonable, um, Dan or Katni or I can just jump in and merge it on your behalf just uh, kind of to get you ramped up. Um, we, actually, we actually covered uh, both giving and receiving reviews in the Git and GitHub mm -hmm. guide on, on purpose because we want everybody to be a part of the review process, even if you don't have right access to the repo, um, any kind of help, because you may know something we don't know there, you know, and even if you don't know everything that happened in that PR, review the part that you do know. And that helps us because that's one extra step that we don't have to do. Mm -hmm. um, and one step closer to the whole thing being reviewed and merged. So if there's, you know, a review that has some stuff in it that you're like, I don't really know what this part is. Review the part that you do know. And and that is super helpful for us as well. Mm -hmm. I, I was just going to add to that. It would be really helpful. I, think, I know for me, um, if in a PR, to state just briefly where where it has been tested. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, so, you know, I might think, oh, gee, well, I know it's been tested on a, on a you know, SAMB 21, then maybe I'll test it on a 51 or an NR52 or something mm -hmm. like that, just to know where, where, you know, not to replicate. And also gives a better sense of confidence that, oh, okay, I don't have to worry about checking that part. Right. So. Yeah, and like the next thing you can always do is ask that as well. Yeah, that's perfect. Awesome. Uh, anything else? I did enjoy Roy's cricket. It took me a while to realize it. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll wrap us up here. Uh, 5804. Um, again, everybody, thank you for joining. Uh, we do this uh, Circuit Python weekly meeting every week on our Discord. Happens usually on Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, to join our discord oh i'm gonna sneeze maybe um maybe if i say it fast i won't sneeze um join our discord the url is adafru.it slash discord uh we're in the ch text chat all week so you can join us there and uh and see what's happening in circuit python land and tell us what cool projects you're working on with that um and then on mondays we'll be in the voice chat that 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 is where the meeting happens uh, we do uh, do record the meeting, so if you aren't able to make it, check our uh, YouTube page, youtube.com slash Adafruit, to see the latest. Um, the link goes up on the playlist there, and it also goes up into the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter, which everybody should also subscribe to. It's adafruitdaily.com, and then there's a selection of uh, newsletters you can sign up for check the python for, for microcontrollers box and hit submit um, that's kind of broad overview of everything related to python and python on microcontrollers that's happened in the last week or so um, we cover MicroPython, circuit python regular python all that um, so yeah, yeah that's adafruitdaily.com and uh this was the adafruit circuit python weekly uh thanks again for everybody's joining especially the couple new folks 
uh, we're happy to have you uh, join our community. Uh, so until next week, thank you all. Thanks, everybody, and welcome. Thanks.